Welcome to The Senior Caregiver, where we talk about caring for aging loved ones and ourselves. This is a safe space that recognizes both the joys and challenges of senior caregiving. Our goal in every episode is to provide helpful resources and how-to information for you. I'm Bill Worthington. Here with me is Rita Altman, Senior Vice President of Memory Care and Program Services for Sunrise Senior Living, where she uses the latest evidence-based research to design and oversee Sunrise's resident programming. She has more than 35 years of nursing experience in a variety of care settings, and she is also one of just a few validation masters worldwide and studied under Naomi File, developer of the validation method. Today we're talking about Alzheimer's. Understandably, it can be an intimidating topic. It's also a very personal experience for families. Rita and I are going to cover the various stages of Alzheimer's, what to expect, and tips for how you can still remain connected and engaged with your loved one by using some verbal and nonverbal techniques, taken from the validation method. The theme for today, don't give up. Rita, it's a pleasure to have you with us today. My pleasure to be here. Now, Rita, it's common for a diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease to be met with sadness and fear, confusion about what's to come, mainly because we know there are stages or degrees of Alzheimer's disease. How can I recognize which stage of Alzheimer's I'm seeing in my loved one? I mean, is there a beginning, a middle, and an end? I, I think exactly what you just said is is perhaps the easiest way to understand it. Um, some would, such as Barry Reesberg, would give us seven stages. The Alzheimer's Association talks about five stages and also three stages. So, so almost what you just mentioned, beginning, middle, and end. So it could be mild or the earliest stage. It could be moderate or the middle stage. And it could be severe or the end stage or the latest stage. Um, and, and there are particular symptoms or signs that occur in all of those stages. So it, it, it's really, I think it's important to mention that no two people experience it exactly identically the same way, uh, but there is a very common trajectory. Um, and unfortunately, it's chronic and it's progressive. And at this point in time, there is no cure. So, Rita, if our parents are of a certain age and we can see their friends and our uncles and aunts perhaps uh, uh, falling uh, t victim to, vi to Alzheimer's disease, are there little triggers, little things that we should be looking for in kind of anticipation of what we might see in our aging loved ones? I wouldn't be looking for things in anticipation as much as I would be aware that if I do see some signs or some things that indicate that they're struggling with their memory, that they're becoming more forgetful, perhaps uh, having some issues with wayfinding or uh, the tasks that they normally did at home, maybe balancing the checkbook, um, more difficulty in some of those areas. And it's also important to note that there's a difference between normal age-related brain changes, which could mean that as we age, the processing slows. It may take a little longer to learn something. However, we should still be able to learn. Um, Alzheimer's is not, uh, in a, I mean, not everyone develops Alzheimer's disease. So I, I think that it's important that we, that we recognize that and don't assume that because somebody's aging, that's the issue. That's, that's what I meant yep. there. Yep. Exactly. So if you're noticing things, don't deny it. 
because that's that's a big one. You know, it, sure. it, it's much easier to just attribute one's memory loss or the fact that they forgot a few doctor's appointments or uh, are forgetting the names of grandchildren um, as, you know, well, we'll just attribute that to aging. Mm -hmm. Um, Think about that one a little bit. Investigate a little bit more. Um, The signs and symptoms or the warning signs are prominently, uh, you know, posted in, in many places. One could go to the Alzheimer's Association website and see them all listed. Uh, actually, could you could print them off. You could review them. Um, if there's a real concern, um, of course, a visit to at least the, the person's general practitioner at first. And uh, the, the actual checklist, um, you, you can actually write a few things or a, a few things about each of those signs um, in, in the event that they are occurring so that when you do go to that appointment, you've got something in front of you that you've already looked at or thought about. It seems that Alzheimer's memory loss is prevalent enough that we probably know a lot of people around us, friends, coworkers, neighbors, people we know uh, that are going through it. Is there any value to sitting down and talking with those people about uh, our own situation, about what to look for and so forth? Right. I, I think it's so true that we learn so much from others who have walked or have, have been in that through that journey with sure. someone. Um, I, and that's why I think support groups are so valuable. Mm-hmm. So definitely, if you know someone who has gone through that, um, usually they're more than willing to, to share that experience. And be sort of that that listening ear or that coach. Uh, although, although, again, keep in mind, no two persons will go through it the same way. Don't assume that because their their experience was, you know, a certain type of experience that that's going to be the same for you with your loved one. So it's not universal like that. No, absolutely not. Okay, Rita, that final stage, it's got to be pretty scary. Am I still going to be able to connect with my loved one there? Yes. Um, You are still able to connect with them. You may not feel or sense that they are connecting with you. And that's a really, really difficult time. That doesn't mean that you should not try to connect. Um, I personally, and this is just my personal belief, believe that... Even when the, the cognition goes, when the person is in a final stage, maybe their eyes are closed, maybe they've shut off the, the world, uh, maybe the disease has shut off the world, or their ability to communicate, I personally believe that on some spiritual level, that person is still inside. Um, and they may be able to sense that you are there on that level. So I would recommend continuing to have that that relationship um, might be a little more difficult because, again, you're not going to recognize that they're hearing you. Sometimes you might be surprised. There might be a little tear. There might be a little smile. There might be a, a movement, a nod. Um, it could be a reflex where we, we could say, hey, he or she heard me. And that's enough, isn't it? That could be enough. That could be enough. And it could be enough to the caregiver to know that you were there with them, comforting them, uh, whether it be, uh, you know, using the, the, a lotion that they, they love the scent from or putting the rose near their nose so that they can smell that smell of a rose because they always had a rose garden and loved that. So it's connecting them 
with uh, or through their senses in many ways. So using using those types of sensory connections, um, music can be really really valuable. Sometimes it's saying a prayer, reading a poem, reading some favorite uh, something uh, from a book they loved. So don't give up is what you're saying. It's um, it's easy to get discouraged, but uh, don't give up. It's far too easy to get discouraged, and and it's absolutely natural and normal. Right. Um, you pretty much have to be a superhuman being not not to be discouraged, and that's again why uh, you know your question earlier about reaching out to a friend who's gone through it, having that support, that is so vital. Now, Rita, you're recognized as a validation method expert, and as I understand it, the validation method for the senior caregiver can cover a lot of ground. What are some of the techniques that m- might be important to know? Yeah, really to, to talk about validation would probably take a day or two, a workshop, or even the entire course, which takes many, many months. Mm. Uh, to learn these techniques, to learn them well, really requires becoming immersed in them, understanding the, the theoretical assumptions behind the work that File did. Um, you should look to the work of Erickson and Rogers and Freud and just uh, neurolinguistic programming. So, so much has gone gone into the theory of validation that file developed. But there are some things that we can we can teach uh, a caregiver, a family caregiver, without having to take the entire full course. Um, first and foremost, center. Take a few deep breaths. That will do amazing things in reducing one's own stress level. Uh, and I do want to point out that stress um, can actually cause our bodies to secrete adrenaline, can cause cortisol to be excreted. Cortisol can actually bathe the brain in one particular area called the hippocampus, which is sort of like the the first part of the brain where memory begins to uh, become registered for future, you know, to become embedded in, into the into the actual memory. Um, so, so that that little part of the brain called the hippocampus um, can actually begin to shrink from a lot of stress. So, centering, decreasing one's own stress level, very important. And from there, and from there, I would say, make sure that you are on the same level as the person. And by that, I mean the same physical level. Yeah. So uh, don't... Face-to-face, sir. Face-to-face, eye-to-eye, you know, uh, looking into that person's eyes, approaching them from the front, not from the back, not from the side. I, I think you and I would probably both say that it can be startling to have someone come up behind us, let alone a person with memory loss who are maybe struggling a little more with their environment and with the not having as as many uh, capabilities with filtering all the things in their environment. So approach from the front, approach in a warm, friendly manner, Um, make eye contact on their level or even a little bit below looking up to them. Again, that brings them that sense of I'm important. Uh, It gives them dignity. It shows them your respect. Try to, uh, what what we do a lot of uh, in training and validation is to calibrate how that person's feeling. If they look really, really sad or very introspective or they're looking down at the floor uh, and you come in and and say hello and and get on their eye level uh, and you're all bright and cheery uh, and they look at you and say, I don't want to do anything today. I've had it. Uh, and you're, you were probably ready to suggest 
A walk in the park. A walk in the park. Go outside, do some gardening, some of the things they love to do, and they're just not there. Um, trying to distract them or by saying, oh, but it's a gorgeous day. What do you mean you don't want to blah, blah, blah? You know, no, don't do that. Instead, go to where they're feeling. Now, that might be hard to do, but acknowledge the way they feel. So a validation technique for that would be to rephrase. You don't have to say it exactly in the same words they've said, but try to work the tone of your voice to meet their tone a little better, where at first you might have come in, hey, hi, Dad, how are you doing? Let's, let's go outside and do some of that gardening. But then he says, I don't want to do gardening. How do you react? You don't want to go out and do any gardening today. You're not in the mood to go outside today. Doesn't sound like, you know, so sort of match that. Yeah, okay. So uh, then maybe you can have a conversation about why he doesn't want to garden. Is that what you're hoping for? Exactly. What you're hoping for is that he will express a little bit more. He knows that you know how he's feeling today. Are you feeling sad? Are you thinking about something that's making you feel sad, Dad? Maybe Dad will open up and talk a little bit. Yep. Which is a victory in that case. Right. That can be a victory. Now, it can be, it can lead to a tear. It can lead to what a lot of us don't want it to lead to, more emotion. But the more we cover over emotion or don't enable a person to express what they're feeling, the more they hold it in. And that can actually lead to more behavioral expressions, more sadness, more depression. So go to where they are. Match that. Rephrase what they're saying. Let them know you've, you've heard them. When you're doing that, when let's say you, you have a grasp on that kind of technique and, and some of the others and you're trying them and you're, you're giving it your best shot, I guess it's easy to get discouraged if, if you're not succeeding. What then? Well, uh, you just, you can't give up. I think, I think that's the key, that, um, yes, discouragement is absolutely something that, that we're all going to feel as we, again, take this journey with, with our loved one with memory loss. Imagine how discouraged they must feel every day, being that they can't do all the things that they once did. Especially early on, when, when a person first recognizes that they're experiencing memory loss, um, they may want to deny it. But they may also have some anger, some resentment, some frustration. Uh, and for us to understand that they have cause to feel those feelings. It's really, again, acknowledging their feelings and, and encouraging them to express those emotions is really one of the key ingredients to maintaining a good good communication with a person. Mm-hmm. Nonverbal techniques? Are there, are there, do they exist? Yeah, they do exist. And, and sometimes the nonverbal, uh, again, all of these techniques, if one were to learn more about validation, they would, they would learn that they, um, there are certain techniques that work best in certain phases mm-hmm. of, of memory loss. Okay. The nonverbal techniques often become uh, very valuable when a person is less verbal. Mm-hmm. So if a person has uh, begun to lose some of their verbal skills and they are um, 
replacing some of their words with motion. It could be that they're pounding. It mm-hmm. could be that they're clapping or that they're making a, a sound, a repetitive sound, uh, or vocalizing in that manner. Um, there are ways that we can match and mirror some of those motions with them. Um, an, a technique that uh, could be a nonverbal technique as well would be some some techniques that require or that that show a person how to use touch appropriately. Um, if a person is missing their mother uh, or feeling not feeling secure, maybe they're crying uh, or upset. Um, one can learn through validation a technique called mother touch. Again, it's nonverbal. It's using touch, and it's a very soft, stroking feeling with with the the Sort of this part of the the fingers, the fingertip area, or this area, the pads of the fingers, right. very softly and um, almost in a circular motion, touching their cheeks. Um, that can almost evoke a feeling of mother, a feeling of security. And file again identified certain forms of touch that we can use. Um, with with individuals. Again, it requires that we figure out what their unmet need is. I'm not saying this is all magic and we can just pull it out of a, you know, a toolbox. It, it requires that we know that person, that we know what they're feeling, and that we feel comfortable and that we've had some practice using a lot of these techniques. These sound terrific, Rita. What about resources for our listeners to find these techniques that help with communication? Are they out there? Yes. Uh, the Validation Training Institute has a website, www.vfvalidation.org, and Sunrise Senior Living um, have also a lot of resources on our website. Well, this is absolutely fascinating, and I have the feeling that we've only scratched the surface. So, Rita, I'm going to ask you to hang around. Maybe we can do a part two for this podcast. Can you do that for us? I'd love to, Bill. Thank you. Our guest on The Senior Caregiver is Rita Altman. We're going to be back with Rita with more in our next podcast. The Senior Caregiver is brought to you by Sunrise Senior Living. With communities in the United States, Canada, and the UK, Sunrise residents receive personalized care based on their unique interests and needs with a focus on preserving dignity and promoting independence. For more information and resources, please visit sunriseseniorliving.com. Thank you for listening.